1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Oh, here we go, boys. Go. Hey. Oh, I love that sound. This is a good one. Hey, hello. Hey, I can hear you now. Yay. All right. Lightning adapter. The one apparently shit out on me on those fun times. What happened? You're supposed to do this in person. Well, I ended up, I was just getting ready to leave, and then the guy I'm working for, he has a VRBO here and he rents out a pontoon. And I got a call from, like, I literally was climbing out of the machine and uh, he calls me. He's like, hey, we got a rescue mission. The, his pontoon broke down. So they're stranded out in the lake. I had to go get him told them to the marina couldn't get it started so and then i had to bring them by a boat back to the vrbo then go back and pick up the pontoon and bring it to the landing put it on the trailer and then that brought me to just about five o'clock so damn yeah well it's been a long time since we've done a uh, a podcast you recording uh yeah of course you know me hit the hit that red button let's roll all right, dude. Um, how do you feel about the upcoming waterfall season? Well, I guess what's been going on in your life, Dale? Uh, nothing waterfall related, I can tell you that. Uh, a lot of fishing, which I don't Any... want to bore you with. So, the F word. <laughs> exactly. But this is you, an F, F word free. You have been busy. I've You've been, been fucking busy. I'm tired. Gallivanting out west. I'm just yeah. gonna start calling you Signature Nick from now on. Yeah, um, it's been a lot of a lot of work. Um, flew out to Idaho. We wrapped every uh, did two days of footage for the app, and then uh, me and Raquel got on a Greyhound bus, made our way up to Spokane. Spent two days in Spokane, finishing up the goose call, and uh, been working on that ever since. I just got added to the uh, seminar roster at Game Fair. I I'll saw be doing that. Youth calling clinics. That'll be cool been the victim of some internet harassment lately oh really <laughs> i don't know man i don't really get on facebook but people have been uh been saying i've been getting razzed pretty hard that's, For, that's about okay. about what i don't know i don't know oh I, well here's what i've been able to gather because i did jump on there and be like i posted a reply saying sorry i spent my sunday helping people learn how to goose call and 
taking my wife on a date instead of being here on Facebook. Beautif- beautifully Minnesota passive aggressive. Well done, sir. <laughs> <laughs> um, something about how uh, I think that somebody, uh, oh, a guy posted, quit posting uh, misinformation on your Snapchat. About uh, what? I think uh, it was about the fact that uh, the reed hitting a tone board doesn't make any sound. Oh. It does. It makes a gentle clicking noise, but it's um, not the sound of, inside. Yeah. No, the, a sound inside of a a reed pipe musical instrument is generated by air hitting air uh, because of the vibration of the reed. And, yeah, I, oh God, I'm so disappointed think, that the the spreading misinformation now has weaseled its way into hunting vernacular because it th- th- this, <laughs> this is like the like without going on a political rant this is like that's the new catchphrase that people like to use in well, arguments now i guess that's, they, that's what they use to try to shut people down and 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 cancel out their opinion it's ugh, somebody so told me that a bunch of call makers jumped on that and said something like i uh of course the tone board affects the sound and I hope they didn't post that because this whole reed pipe musical instrument science has been solved for a couple thousand years. So, <laughs> right, right. So, is it in, in this the, isn't my in the saxophone idea. in the saxophone in the reed? Is it the soundboard that's giving you those smooth uh, <laughs> the, harmonic tones? The, alt, the altos and the yeah, yeah. Come um, on, man. Well, I don't really need to go over that. that no, I, no, I don't no, really no. pay attention to it. I, it was just kind of funny because I, I got so many people messaging me about it. Well, we can we can turn this episode into a, a Nick J uh, commercial. I'm totally fine with that because uh, ah. I I have questions. No, no, I have questions. I know a lot of other people have questions. So oh, okay, we'll I'll start with um, let's start with the calls. Um, okay, the Nick J signature series call. So it's it's <laughs> what's that? By Pacific, by Pacific calls, yeah. By Pacific calls, yeah, absolutely. Got to get. Don't want to leave them out. No, no, yeah. no. I give them their due for sure. Um, so, this is the only one piece call on the market. Am I correct? Uh, apparently that got brought up too, and apparently there was a one piece call from like 2005 that uh, from a company I'd never heard of. So let's not go. Let's not go ahead and say it's the first one piece call. Let's just say I thought I invented okay. a one piece call well, for a period of time. All right, I, did, I didn't, <laughs> I, I didn't say ever. I said on the market. So unless there's somebody making one right now, new, and maybe there is, and we just don't know about it and kudos to them if they're doing that. So, uh, so but there is no insert and no barrel. It's just one solid tube of acrylic from the mouthpiece to the to the exhaust and so how is so here are concerns so i'm going to hit you with questions well that i would have and then i think other consumers might have what if you crack a reed you take the reed out and replace it but i don't think that'll be an issue because of this whole polishing reed business i've been doing i haven't seen a broken one yet okay well, and not a so, single one. In my mind, been, I'm just I've thinking. Been, I've been, I'm being kind of purposely coy because I got so many questions about that too. And people would say, well, how do you tune it? And I say, well, I like to tune mine kind of middle of the road, you know, uh, easy blowing and uh, really goosey. That's usually how I tune it. And they're like, <laughs> you know, they're like that doesn't fucking answer my question, Nick J. <laughs> so that's kind of how I was responding to all those questions because – I don't know. I figured I, I just kind of let people wonder about it for a little bit, but no, we have a um, 
what we have is a gut collar, which is made out of Delrin because Delrin just will not break. So it's just a uh, exactly what it sounds. It's a collar and you can push it out with your pinky finger from the back. It slides towards the mouthpiece. There's two catches inside of the barrel. The first catch or the bottom catch is like right where it seats. Um, there's a couple O-rings around the collar. So when you push it into the call, it kind of fits loose and it'll slip right down into where it's supposed to be and it'll lock there. Okay. And then we put a second catch right up on the lips. So just in case that fucker does wiggle loose somehow, which I don't think is going to happen after about four minutes of chew spit and donuts go down there. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, there, then if in case it ever does wiggle itself loose, it won't fall straight out of the month, you know, straight out of the call. It'll have a catch up on the mouthpiece, which kind of had a secondary benefit of making a little uh, constriction chamber out of the barrel piece, which that's kind of nice. Um, but no, it's just a collar with a couple O-rings on. It slides in and out. You can push it out with your pinky or actually um, a 20 gauge shotgun shell works perfect to push it out from the backside. If you uh, if you do get it all chewed up and donut you know, donut sealed at the base. Um, you can push her out with a 20 gauge super easy. Not everybody hunts geese with a 20 gauge, but if it happens, <laughs> <laughs> you're like the only person I know, uh, uses a 20 gauge for geese. Um, I know quite a few people that do. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just saying like, it's, it's, it's just very carry, easy to carry an extra one in your pocket just in case. Put one, put a shell in your blind bag. I don't really think that's <laughs> going to be necessary. <laughs> I would not recommend that. No, I mean I, I'm not going to tell people to carry around a fucking tool for their goose call. Like this call is made to to go the distance, to last multiple seasons. The polished reeds, I haven't seen any hints of those bubbling at all, which is super interesting. I've been playing with those for about four or five months, and. Uh, I just haven't seen one bubble yet, which so, is cool. Cool. Brings me to another question. So all this stuff I've been watching on your Snapchat about like the, I don't know what you got, like you're vaping the whatever. Like bring, <laughs> the vape. Bring, <laughs> bring, bring me up to speed on what's going on there. The, so the, the, the why and the how and all that. Vapor polished guts are a process that's a very common process in parts, plastic part manufacturing where you take a, well, in this case, ABS plastic molded gut. And you're going to put it inside of a solvent vapor chamber like acetone. And acetone melts plastic, right? So when you put it in a heated uh, solvent vapor chamber, it starts to melt the outside of the plastic and makes, makes it super smooth, like glossy, glossy smooth. And then you take it out before it melts. And then it pretty much comes out like an M&M, like a, an ABS plastic part with a very hard coating on it, which is made of just it it's not a, anything i'm putting on the part it's i'm just melting the outside of the plastic and i uh i was doing that in the house and getting some pretty cool results the parts look cool when i'm done um they seem to operate really well and are free of any defects and then i i brought them over to a place called aero cryogenics which does vapor polishing professionally because i decided i did not want to be the first dude in history to burn his face off or blow his house up <laughs> on a goose call. <laughs> Cause I mean, obviously acetone vapor, not safe. <laughs> eh, safety schmafety. I'm both, you know, just, you know me, I'm just hovering above the vapor chamber, smoking cigs and <laughs> <That's right. laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> I'm on the vape now. Oh, 
On the vape. Nice. I'm on the vape. All right. So, and what is that accomplishing? I mean, what, what, why is that important? It's not as important as the polished reed. It just makes it look cool, number one. And number two, it takes away any potential defects that might be on the surface of the tone board. But as we kind of already discussed, the tone board isn't exactly making your, um, making your sound. Damn it, I'm dropping all sorts of things over here, making all sorts of noise. Man, all I right. dropped my phone too, like four minutes ago. <laughs> it was my phone. I was like <laughs> trying to take my hat off and the headphones slam together. And then I dropped my Coke. I was like, oh my God. Well, about the only place a reed actually impacts a tone board, because you know when you tune a goose call, the tip falls into the channel? Mm-hmm. So that's not touching anything. That's touching air, right? That, and that's the most vigorously moving part of the reed. So you get the sidewalls, and they'll kind of cut a channel down into the trough, like for a broken style, if they vibrate long enough. And I just think that having a completely perfectly smooth surface is beneficial to that polished reed. It, it, it all seems to be just kind of a, a nice package that works together and, and shit that nobody's done before. So why not? Yeah, that's cool. It um, was reasonably affordable to get them vapor polished and they look fantastic when they're done. They look professional and it seems to help a little bit, at least the polished reeds really take a lot of labor though. Well, as long as you think the the effort is worth it on the, in the long run, then why not? Definitely getting awesome tone with it and haven't seen a single broken one yet. So that's what I'm going with. Cool. Well, cool. using acetone, right? <laughs> no, no, not on the polished oh, reeds. Oh, God damn it. See, polished reeds there. is just abrasive cloth and a buff wheel. Gotcha. So and some show car glaze. Just got to spend time on the buffing wheel. Basically, yeah. And uh, I put them on a piece of glass and then I sand them or hit, I start at. 30 microns i go to one micron and that just makes them completely flat because when you punch those things it warps the plastic a little bit and it will leave a cut edge all right so hold on you're i think we're talking about two different things we're Did talking you... about a reed a polished yeah. reed so is there are there polished reeds in the new call yeah okay but you are also polishing reeds just for other people right just like send me your goose call and i'll polish your reed kind of thing no. didn't i see you no. say, didn't i see a Snap about that? No? No. I've almost, just, uh, I tune people's it. goose calls for free. Oh, you tune it. I, I thought maybe you were doing that for, reads. I've been doing that for a couple of years, just tuning. People send me their calls for nine bucks return shipping. I'll put it in a flat rate box, send it home when, right away, basically. Gotcha. So, the, so when do these hit in the market? They'll come out August 13th at Game Fair. Very nice. And so, uh, do you have to polish each and every one of those reads? Front and back, or top and bottom, yeah. So you're doing that part? I'm tuning everything, yeah. I, I took care of the vapor polishing contract, and uh, I took care of I'm hand polishing every reed, top and bottom. My right arm's getting huge. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was already, but this is next level <laughs> forearm action going on, <laughs> I swear. Uh, all right, so that's – so. Pacific is sending you the calls and then you got to put the reads in. Is that how, like, how is that all working with Pacific? Yeah. I've got a hundred Nick Johnson signature series calls sitting right here already. So you did bring me one. Nice. <laughs> well, you should have came over. <laughs> well, I, well, what's the plan? Actually, nobody has one yet. Just me, uh, cause of the contracts, August 13th stuff. 
Gotcha. That's pretty. That's pretty excited. How how do you feel about that on a personal level? What do you, what do you think about having your own signature call? Um, it makes me cry a little bit. Yeah, you can get a little, <laughs> get a little weepy. <laughs> no, it's very, it's very, very cool. And uh, uh, Pacific Calls was awesome to work with. Um, I came out there with a bunch of uh, napkin sketches to, out to Spokane, and um, we just started cranking away. I think they had their computer guy drop like ten things I brought with, and and we we pulled one out as a concept. It was just a a straight tube of acrylic. We shoved a gut collar in it that we put some guts in, and it shredded. And we just looked at each other, and I was like, "He's." They're like, "What do you want to do with that?" And I was like, "I guess start selling them." <laughs> <laughs> I guess sell them, maybe. And I was like, well, uh, do you want to do you want to team up on this? And I said, uh, "So, are you saying I don't have to come up with a call name or a website or buy any of my own advertising?" Yes. <laughs> then yes, awesome. I do. Then yes, yes. I absolutely do. Yes. I absolutely. And you'll notice how Pacific Calls is 10 times bigger than the signature on it, just in case, you know, I go to prison, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Well, no, no, it, they were great to work with and, and really interested in it. every crazy crackpot idea I had about what might make a goose call sound better. And I really put a lot of research into, you know, sound and musical instruments. And it's, it's actually kind of difficult to find a comparable in- instrument that's used today to, to get like research off of because the closest thing that is out there with a reed inside of an enclosed pipe would be a pipe organ or an accordion or maybe some bagpipes. I hmm. can't remember if those have reeds in them. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting process to learn about these things. It's been super fun and rewarding. And Do you think this is um, something – a technique or a technology that'll spread to other game calls? Like, would it, would it be um, beneficial to do it on a duck call or uh Actually, I've been kind of curious about that. Like, especially with, else? like, um, I've been thinking about, uh, like, would the vapor polishing help with um, spit locking hmm. on a duck call? Sure. Or, um, you know, because it's such a smooth surface, you could get, that might even make it worse. I haven't even tried it, you know? Right. But that's it's surface tension that makes a, a reed stick to a tone board on a duck call, the spit and the surface tension of the spit and the reed in contact with it. But I don't know. Yeah. Call I, shit I, with Rainex. I have done that in the past. <laughs> Can't remember how it worked, though, to be honest. <laughs> but no, this a guy reached out to me named Doc Hull. He's a ninety five year old call maker and Jesus. He, was, he's, he saw it on Facebook that whole uh, the whole hubbub. And he said, um, I can't believe those guys don't know how a duck and goose call works, number one. And number two, check out these designs I made for a spit lock or a spit free, spit lock free duck call. And he had done some really cool, interesting tone board chopping. Sweet stuff. Huh. And he and he commissioned a study about how a duck call works with the University of Iowa from 2009. I just am getting my hands on that study now and reading through it. What, is he, what does he know? That guy on the internet knows more. <laughs> oh, man. One of my buddies, my buddy Alan called me and he goes, last night my 12-year-old girl was crying because there were some mean girls on Snapchat or some social media and being mean to her. And I said, honey, this, don't worry. This will all this will get better with age and with time. And 
this doesn't happen to people that are adults. And he goes, then I came across a post, somebody talking about you, Nick. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, what did it say? He's like, it said that I was lying to my little girl. <laughs> like these are grown ass hunting guys with yeah, beards. <laughs> that is definitely not true. I mean, that, that people are, I don't know what it is about the internet, but they, they devolve into basic primal, I don't even know what. I know, man. It's it seems especially bad on uh, Facebook too. Yeah, it's it's everywhere. It's just it's everywhere about every subject. Somebody always has to know more, whether they do or not. They just like to feel superior. But, anyways, I don't want to talk about that. Uh, all Me right. Neither. Well, that that covers that. So go to the game fair. You can get your hands on. Uh, what's the price point on those? One sixty nine ninety nine. 69 yeah all right i said let's do 420 and they're like a little high there nick i'm like i am yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm in washington right now <laughs> everything's like, been decriminalized let's go <laughs> just kidding i'm just kidding it's been sober summer for me dude i've been so i've been sober for like three months that's getting crazy in some, getting in fucking fantastic shape that's jogging every talk. day what? Crazy talk. And yeah, you I'm bike sober. to work and stuff? Oh, you're out of control. Yeah, I bike to work, I jog on my lunch break, and I lift weights in the morning, motherfucker. Sober <laughs> summer. What's <laughs> the matter with you? Making rest of feel lazy. It's just rude. And then I, you know, I'm triggered. build awesome duck calls and goose calls on the side. That's pretty sweet. All right, so now walk us through the app. The app's in beta testing right now, and... uh it's also going to be released August 13th. Like as soon as we came up with August 13th for the goose call, I got a hold of the guys that make the app. They're get, uh, got game technologies out of Idaho. I was like, let's shoot for August 13th because they were actually shooting for August 15th of last year. This is when that app was supposed to come out. And basically what it came down to was I, um, I talk too much. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> what? No. What? Yeah. So they had a fucking mountain of content after I left Idaho. And then I flew back out there a few weeks ago and gave them two more days of content. So they are sick of listening to me describe how to goose call and editing all that stuff. But no, that the beta test is out for Apple. Uh, Apple right now, I think they're just about to get it out for Droid. We're getting some reviews back. I got an email last night from a guy who said, like, oh, this is awesome. Um, best instructional calling platform I've ever tried. Like, dude, you're a beta tester. You're supposed to tell us what's wrong with it. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get in there. I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> well, yeah, I do want to know. I, I'm just curious, like, how can we improve it? Where do people not right. find it helpful? Where is it disorganized? You know, like, that's what beta testing's for. But super excited about about that i mean that's really been my passion the last few years is just kind of teaching people how to goose call and there was such a void in the in the knowledge space of of goose calling and i i, re I realized that when i tried teaching it for the first time like i don't know shit about how to teach a goose call and then i just sunk my teeth in and, and really started going at like what are the fundamentals how do you teach this it's so it's so different than anything else what I'm doing right now because I learned it from my students. You know, I, I really had to start from the ground up and, I mean, really figure out what are the fundamentals. And I really figured it out with my students over many years. Well, that's probably the best way to do it than just <sighs> sitting there and thinking what sounds good to you. I mean. Right. I think I'm the only guy that's really got some, a product like that because – you know, there's I've seen goose calling instructionals that were on vinyl, like a vinyl record. 
So this making a two-toned, like this, I mean, out of a musical instrument, this goes back a ways. And I think everybody, I don't know if this is true or not, but I mean, it seems like a lot, people just are very, very good at goose calling. And they say, okay, I'm a, I want to make an instructional. How do I think I'm doing it? You know, and that's kind of how the, the content gets generated. Right. Well, I mean, Joe says it himself. He's like, I'm a terrible teacher. Like I, like, I can't, I just know how to, I know how to do it. I don't know how to explain how I do it. Right. And that was the way I started out too. Uh, you know, four or five years ago when I'd be like, all right, that'd be 60 bucks. And the people would be like, going yet. Now we're going. All right. Technical difficulties. Welcome back. Yes. Again. Uh, yeah. My computer just happened to shut off. Said you're done, but we're not done. We're going to wrap this one up really quick because you've got to go. We were talking about the app and the beta testing and all that. I think we covered it pretty pretty well yeah it's really that's been my passion project is and once i figured out i was really bad at teaching goose calling and really good at it i really wanted to dedicate my time to figuring out how to teach other people which has been the most honestly one of the most rewarding things i've ever done in my life is the amount of people i've talked to and the things they've taught me about goose calling has just been awesome and i i've tried to bring that enthusiasm and passion to the app basically and that's goose Tech is that what that one's called, right? That'll be the Goose Goose Tech app, and it should be available in the App Store also on August thirteenth. Goose Tech app. Oh, so you can't get it right now. Just the beta beta people have it right now. Just some beta people have All it, right. and they're very positive about it. Yeah, but sure. um, what do you think about the upcoming season? We should talk about something that's not not an ad. Not all about you, Nick. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. This weekend, I think I'm gonna because the small green fields got out so early. They're gonna be garbage. There's for the opener. That's a month away. They'll either be plowed under or overgrown with weeds. So that's kind of pointless. But should be a good pigeon season. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go scout for pigeons this weekend. So I might do a pigeon. I was thinking hunt on about Sunday. doing the same. Well, let me know if you find something, and you I'll wanna... let you know if I find something. All right, I'll let you know if I did not go scouting, and then don't invite me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll still invite you. I'm not that's a fine. bottom feeder. Oh, not it's a bottom that's feeder. fine. No, I'd like to get out scouting for pigeons because I know a couple people have been finding some already. And then and, maybe, uh, yeah, we can try to do uh, one of these from the field. How about that? That would be cool. That'd be, That'd be interrupted cool. with a lot of shooting. That's hopefully. fine. That would be awesome. For the first time ever. Right? <laughs> that would be sweet. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we <should>. We've tried <laughs> We've tried from the field a couple times. Nary a shot. So. Did you? Didn't we record one time when the birds came? We sat there after we unloaded our guns just to see how late the birds did come out. It was like 22 minutes after Leo. Yeah, that, yeah, I remember that hunt. That sucked. What? I mean, it didn't suck, but it was like, what? Yeah, I had that a couple times where I'd sit there and I'm like, well, that's the end of legal shooting time. I haven't seen a fucking goose. Yeah. All right, I'm going to unload my gun and I got nothing better to do. And I'm going to see when they do come out. And, and then they be fly. Like seven, <laughs> 17 minutes after, I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, oh. I mean, to the point where obviously I wouldn't try something illegal because it's dark. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know? I, mean, yeah. I saw a flock. I saw a flock this morning flying. Did you? Yeah. I still haven't seen a flock in the air yet. I've seen a few of them now. It's been a it's been a few weeks. I know. And and you texted me and said geese are beginning to take flight, and I said I saw a flock of geese practicing, but I still just. I've not seen one airborne yet. And I also, shortly after we talked about when the first time they start honking, we theorized that it was probably when they start flying. Not true. Yep. Shortly after that, the geese down here in the yard that come up, they're just, they weren't flying. They were just on the ground and 
they were honking at each other. Interesting. Not just the hissing and the this, but the actual, you know, it was still a territorial thing. It was like this family group over the, here and this family group over there. Somebody got too close to somebody, and then there was a little, there was a little skirmish. But yeah, honking was involved. I didn't hear a honk until about ten days ago. Okay. This summer. I think it was probably close to two weeks ago is when I heard. The Interesting first how honk. they are so quiet for so long though. Yeah. Yeah. No, they really are. Like when it's just them Definitely. and their babies, they don't really. There's like nothing i guess unless you maybe once the babies kind of get big enough to assist the parents in fighting (laughs) (laughs) maybe time for you to earn your keep junior yeah i'm gonna honk a fucking fox over here we'll see how you five handle it right (laughs) well what's gonna be interesting this season is that five bird limit and and mostly uh, nothing's gonna change like a few people are going to maximize on it when the days are just perfect. People are going to limit out. But let's be honest, when the limit was three, how often were people going out and getting their limit? Not very often. So increasing that isn't going to help. It's not helping you limit out. It's actually making it harder. What's going to be interesting is the impact it has on, like, the perception, the percepted impact it has on outfitters. You know, because gonna... clients are going to yeah. want limits. And now it's going to be harder to get limits. I did see Pete from Pit Properties is implementing his own limit. Yeah, I saw that, which was really confusing. They have like a five bird limit to a certain people amount of people, which I was like, why don't you just make it two or three birds a person? Yeah. But no, I think that's a good idea. I think he was just like, he was going to maximize, you know, smaller groups, he could maximize it. I think the point was like, he didn't want to burn too many flocks kind of a thing. Like if you had a hot day and there was a bunch of people, like you just didn't want to. You know, I think I don't think you want to burn out his fields, kind of a thing. Which I think I think that's smart. Yeah, I think it's smart too. And, and why not? You know, I mean, just because the limit is just because the state says you can take up to this doesn't mean you have to. I mean, no, and I know several guide services that limit that, um, like especially down in the Central Flyway in the southern states that will limit um, the amount of birds you can shoot that is more restrictive than than the state limits because they don't want to have a situation where they shoot too many cackling geese out of a flock and they don't want to have a situation where they're burning out birds went you know shooting into three four extra groups down there when the groups are 500 birds each well yeah, it's gonna bite you in the ass i mean you might have one you know stellar pile day for one group but then you burnt your field and the clients coming in the next couple of days are going to suffer for it so that's not and then you're going to get bad reviews from them possibly so i mean right I think it's i think it's smart to moderate and try to hunt smart you know it kind of goes back to what we've talked about in this podcast a couple times like if you have the ability to not hunt the x and you got the fields locked up around the x don't why why burn it out you can hunt you can hunt hunt those birds for a long time if you leave them alone and just run traffic on your own birds if you know that somebody else can't then bust and you know bust your x out obviously when you got like a super hot x and the the landowner won't let anybody in there. It can almost be a blessing in disguise, you know, like, oh, great. All oh, these birds will be around. And guess what? They're going to attract other birds. I really think we should do the uh, setting uh, speakers playing uh, goose noises next to ponds overnight. Yeah, we should. that would be really interesting. I wonder how you'd quantify that. Just throw out like a half a dozen floaters and every night just click on the Bluetooth. Maybe you don't even need decoys. Just go off of sound. You probably wouldn't need decoys, no. I guess you'd have to do two similar ponds in similar areas. One has sounds and the other one doesn't, and then just monitor it and see what happens. Too many factors. 
Well, of course, there's too many factors. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's wildlife. Like, what are you, you going to I mean, you can only study what you can study. I mean, it's, you know, but you just put those. Maybe we need to get a hold of somebody at the U of M to study. The, maybe this should be their, like, their You know their what? I just say we do it, problem. and if we shoot one goose, we proclaim it a victory all over social media until we're mocked. Deal. Which will only take about <laughs> 30 minutes, if that. <laughs> First comment, mocking. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that would be awesome. All right. Well, you got sure. you got to roll, so I'll let you roll. This was fun. Let's uh, let's do it again. Maybe this Sunday we'll get out and pigeon hunt. That'd be cool. Let me know if you find something. I will let you know if I find something. All right. Sounds Figure good, man. Talk to you later. All right, dude. Bye. Join Captain Justin Leake and Meredith McCord for the best fishing action along Panama City Beach. Tune in to Chasing the Sun every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! oh. Look at that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.